everybody, welcome to the 92nd episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And today we are joined by our special guest, Otis Chamberlain, of the project Infinite Hex, formerly of Ornithologist and Akaname. Am I pronouncing that last one correctly? You, you are. Bang on. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Good work, nice. Very nice. All... Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, um, pleasure to have you, Otis. Been a long time coming, having you on the podcast. Uh, but before we get started, though, just a reminder, if you like what we do, please go check out our Patreon and get some cool exclusive benefits there. Access to our Patreon and our, our Discord and Livecast. Some cool exclusive merch. We've also got two sponsored shows coming up. Uh, Baltimore friends can join us on January 12th at The Crown for Under the Pier, Euclid Sea Finder with Possession 1981 and Vital Part. And Seattle friends can join us February 26th at Cherry Pit for Cell Damage, Dying Whale, as well as locals, Nurser, Self-Deprecator, and Kaizo. And that's being put on by our uh, very own Holly, who we love very much. Uh, that's going to be a banger for sure, man. Good lineup. And uh, we uh, actually... Yo, go ahead, go. Hmm? Uh, did you mention that we got uh, where uh, you know Otis is hailing from and all that? Yeah, uh, Otis is, is from New Zealand. He's from Wellington, yes, New Zealand. Yes, so Beautiful he's, Wellington, New Zealand. Uh, he, it's, <laughs> he's on a different... He, it's like 6 a.m. where you are, Otis? Oh, I yes. I got up at 6 a.m. You're, you're a champ for doing this. <laughs> yeah, it's, okay, it's, all right, good enough. Well, he's up, he's, he's up a little earlier than that, so yeah. It's tomorrow okay, where cool. Otis lives, and uh, he was kind enough to get up super early to be a part of this podcast. So we, yeah, we, I wanted to give I, I wanted to give Otis that little shout out before we got away too far from that. So sorry, it's, it's right, sorry. I've got good. my I've got my uh, math I've got my math index uh, mug <laughs> loaded with caffeine. I'm ready to go. I love you G- for that you. too. What, what a G. And uh, yeah, another just quick note: we also just sponsored a show in Austin the other night with Mothman, God Awful Truth, Kurama, Sound and Creation, Koenig Sore, and the Bear. So if you missed that, sucks to suck. Uh, Also, the results from our second annual reader poll are live. So all of you voted on your favorite albums of 2022, 3,000 votes in total. And uh, you can go read those results now at mathcoreindex.com. So with all that bullshit out of the way, uh, let's talk about some bands. So the first band we're going to talk about is Ghost Train Suplex. And uh, Ghost Train Suplex are a mathcore quintet from Stuttgart, Germany. And they just dropped their debut EP, Sepsis, on December 16th. Really feedback-laden math core. It's catchy, technically proficient. Very a la The Chariot, for sure. 100% getting big Josh um, Scogin vibes, for sure, off the vocalist. And a lot of the riffs, too. Man, they had me at track one where they threw that little like free jazz part in there for a second. It was like, ooh, all right, let's go. Um, I, I really liked uh, this EP for the fact that... Um, I really felt that most of the tracks had just this kind of like fast paced kind of hardcore feel to it in the beginning. And it just kind of went right into some kind of more fall apart, chaotic, a la the cherry kind of breakdown thing going yeah. on. Um, it was a nice equation to kind of keep following. I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, this was a great listen overall. Man, super good. One of my favorites of this podcast, actually. I, I got like a kind of a on the on the form a bit like the where it's kind of punky and fast and stuff at the start got a real kind of some girl some girls kind of vibe from it um especially maybe in the vocals definitely had that similar kind of tonality and kind of just raw like definitely the raw thing even though the production Mm -hmm. you know wasn't bad production or anything but it definitely sort of shot yeah very rough around the edges which I, i i liked in the general oeuvre i think Mm-hmm. 
I, yeah, especially on like souvenir, uh, it really does have like that energetic, like catchy as hell opening, but then it, it does, as you guys are saying, it has like this, you know, falling apart breakdown moment at the end. They're really good at just like bringing a heavy ass part at the end of every song, but still bringing some shit that's like, you know, memorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, this was so fucking good. This was like hearing arms for the first time where it's just like bringing such a fresh angle to the style. You know, really just like picking up on those, you know, Every Time I Die, Converge, Dillinger, you know, just like all the seminal bands channeling them perfectly, but still like having, um, you know, a unique voice as well, I think. Word. Um, I, I would like to say that my favorite track would uh, be, uh, the Z- okay, God, this is going to be terrible, Zugrad? 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 Uh, yep, yeah, sure. Souvenir was the one that I really picked up on. Uh, I also really enjoyed So Mood and uh, Manner Sash. Clearly, we do not speak German. <laughs> Oof, oh, my God. Yeah, Jesus. I, I really liked yeah, Vanta. Vanta, the last track with the piano piece. That was the one that kind of yeah. grabbed, stood ah. out to me. It's kind of the most different. I'm not sure if that's why they put it on the end or whatever, because it definitely, the overall vibe of the EP... I feel like was definitely a mathcore box ticker. It's got all the bits. It's sort of <laughs> not see everything really evenly, and it, it sounds great. But then this like this track at the end kind of, I, I feel like it kind of did something what the end of Shape of Punk t- to come did with the Tannenhauser thing. It's kind of they put in this completely different vibe, but it's not so disparate that it doesn't work. It's sort of like nice, nice right. way to end the the EP. Yeah, it's a nice, nice ender. I, 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 I appreciate that. It would be a little more confusing if it was like th- in the middle of the album. I don't think I'd appreciate it as much. But yeah, uh, at the end, just kind of lulls you out. It you does know? serve as a, you know, a bit of a catharsis. But yeah, uh, the closing is really strong for sure. Those slides in the beginning really fucking hit. Just a really well-rounded EP. I can't wait to hear more from these guys. So personally, I think we should give him Souvenir. That's like the track that is like, yeah, it's more immediate, I guess, is the word that I'm looking for. Let's roll with it. Sick. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Souvenir, which is track seven from Ghost Trains. Wait a second. We got to talk about the fact that this band's name comes from one of the most famous scenes in uh, RPG history from Final oh, Fantasy VI. Oh, yeah, you fucking nerds. Can you explain this to me? I, I have this on my notes, too. What the fuck is going on with the Final Fantasy thing? So, Especially you, Mr. Final Fantasy. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing my, my Fall 50 Feet Final Fantasy VII rip right now for our listeners. Dork. Um, fucking dork. But, but so... Sabin, one of the characters from Final Fantasy VI, is like a wrestler or a um, a monk, if you will, type class. And one of his moves is suplex. And when you are you're like fighting this, um, you like go to this like ghost forest, and you're like running away from this ghost train, and you can like suplex the train. And people just shut gotta, up. People got a kick out of that back in the day, you know, for whatever year it was. It was apparently that, very very funny. That is super specific. Suplexes were big. <laughs> <laughs> suplexes are big suplexes were big back in the day honestly i'm actively on the on my vhs above my head right now i am watching an, uh a 1992 uh wwf invasion i'm watching rick flair right now amazing it's, it's on silent but i got some fucking oh yeah he just elbow dropped that motherfucker uh, anyways yeah <laughs> love a suplex that's so funny yeah i i used to rent wwf vhs when i was like five years old yo probably. i'm old enough to be watching it when it was fucking coming out <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so, oh! No, I watched this as a kid. This one, Otis, I did. I, I, uh, I watched. It. I had this one when I was when I was a kid. You know, 
But uh, yo, one one last thing about this VHS. It came with a whistle. So I got like a, a WWF whistle that I'm supposed to just like blow at the TV or something like that. I'm not in really case sure why the whistle's in there, you know, but right. cool. something to piss off your parents with more. Uh, okay. So yeah, we're going to go and play for you Souvenir, which is track seven from Ghost Train Suplex's new EP, Sepsis, which came out back in December. Here we go. So that was Souvenir, which is off of Sepsis, which is Ghost Train Suplex's new EP that came out back in December. I guess that's one of the most exciting prospects in Mathcore right now, like new prospects, that is. So next, we're going to talk about Colonial Wound. Yeah. And Colonial Wound mm-hmm. are a chaotic hardcore quartet from Jacksonville, Florida, featuring members of Yashira and Kailesa members i think it's just one member from each actually yeah and they just released their debut full-length album easy laugh on december 9th via hex records who have put out a ton of good shit from the uh, the northeast including ed gain and the band have a dissonant sludgy metallic sound kind of carrying over some of the sounds from their their other projects admittedly Uh, that could be described with a number of genre tags overall it's just kind of favoring an approach that is more like lumbering uh, than it is like fast and blasty, you know. Word. They really just like rely on pummeling you with some really obnoxiously good grooves um, that are a clear love letter to the '90s and early 2000s metalcore scene. I'm in, I'm super in love with the harsh vocals. Uh, the vocals really did it for me. Um, I really really enjoyed just the sludgy side of this, and yeah, it's very uh, it's got that that '90s touch to it for sure. It's like coalesce all over this. 
Mm-hmm. A little bit of I hate God in there. Uh, I mean, I get that Ken mode feel, you know? Mm. I got a big uh, Hydra head slash robotic empire slash AMREP kind of. It's definitely the, the noise rock with the mathy shit. Fucking huge. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. this was really exceptional. I enjoyed this quite a bit. And again, just uh, speaking of like production, like live raw sounding production, I I feel like this record really had that. And I think it complements that natural feedback sound because you get, you know, what's, I don't know if it's like mic bleed necessarily here, but I I feel like that's what that live sounding recording brings. You know, you get more of, you get more of that bleed over from other microphones. I'm with you. Yeah, man. I, I really, really enjoyed this. This was super, super good. Halogen Green was a hitter on nationalism was a hitter but i think altar of youth was was like the biggest highlight on this album hands down that's the one right there for me doggy altar of youth and that was like one of the first like i believe that one of the first singles they released too or wasn't it i think it was the first single yeah what yeah the first single but anyways yeah hook line and sinker man got me with that one i know this is this is a lot this is a lot more focused than the eps obviously they really like refined and crystallized what they were doing on those two eps with this yeah, super strong uh, debut LP for sure. Yeah, I'm really loving Dylan's vocals as well on this. Who I, He also does vocals and plays guitar in Yashira as well. Yeah, in Yashira, yep. Yeah. When you, I'm just reading more about this. John, go ahead. What I is, was just going to say, when you gave me the list of bands for this cast, they were the first one that I put on, and I was kind of working at the time, and I just mm-hmm. I just put it on and let it play through like three times. I didn't, didn't really focus on individual tracks, but... <laughs> holy shit it like that's yeah. how you know it's good the focus and the consistency from top to bottom it's just yeah like, like this is probably one of my favorites of this cast that we that you're covering so it's like uh yeah. i like that i like that it's so criminal that it was it was released so late in the year though because I, I feel like they really missed out on a lot of potential press that they could have received for the quality of this release this is always an interesting episode to do the one that we do right before and right after the new year because mm-hmm. and we always talk about this even like in other episodes like otherwise or whatever it's just it's such a weird time to release something is in December even November December I mean you don't got much time for people's year end and I mean people get it's almost like the holidays people kind of start dropping the their year ends in like late November and shit like that you know what I'm saying like I, I've noticed that a lot this year on social media like I had a lot of people were kind of doing it pretty early you know um and i don't know it just it's i don't think it's the worst thing it's not like the kiss of death but it why not just wait another month and just do, do i feel it like fresh, the thing you know? is that everyone goes into this liminal shutdown mode over end of december start of january with the holidays including labels mm-hmm. and people that do pr and all this so why <laughs> you know yep yep it's yep. it's it's a bit suicidal unfortunately but I- when I, yeah. the, the quality is there, so I, hopefully this you know gets the recognition that it deserves uh, it retroactively at the very least, if not uh, critically for your end lists. So yeah, I think uh, Altar of Youth is the one. Okay, game on. Let's do that. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Altar of Youth, which is track six from Easy Laugh, which is Colonial Wounds' new album that just came out on... December 9th via Hex Records. Here we go. Keep running from heaven to wine. Self-liberation. 
That shit is so good, dude. So 2004. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's the fucking shit, man. I that 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 breakdown towards the end mm. there. Woofta, that's good. Yeah, that really just that hits a lot of good notes for me. Yep. When I'm, I'm sold. Bit of a, a late arrival, but one of the best releases of 2022. Don't sleep on that album. Go back and check out Colonial Wounds' new album. So yeah, that was uh, Altar of Youth. It's off Easy Laugh. My Colonial Wounds came out back in December. So next, uh, we're going to quickly run through some news and new releases from November and December because we got a long episode ahead of us with our best of 2022 at the end here. So. So, See You Next Tuesday had just announced their first new album in 15 years, Distractions, which is to be released on February 17th via Good Fight Music. Who what the- fucking year is this? This is crazy. <laughs> last band I was... Last last band year. I, dude, last band I was ever expecting. Last year... I mean, last band I was ever expecting that would, like, do this. Like, I thought See You Next Tuesday would never entertain the fact of... like, But they kind of popped up, did a few shows, and it was like, mm-hmm. hmm? Then they were dropping merch. It was like, hmm? And then fucking sure enough, dude. Like, it's crazy. Like, I'm down with it. I, like, in any form, I'll take it. It's just, it's, I was not expecting this The one. world's going to hell in yeah, a I, handbasket. Let's all go back 10 years. <laughs> or 15. Yeah. Or Fuck it. Let's bring back Sawtooth. Let's bring back See You Next Tuesday. Let's fucking go. I want Psyopus next. Psyopus yeah. yeah, is next. Yeah, we, got, we got Botch. Yeah, we got we, Botch last year as well. So bo- Boys, boys, if we bring Danza back... Everything's gonna be okay. I don't know about that. Into the because Jesse well, is. Hey, listen. Jesse's profession I'm, is nope. sort of. Um, <laughs> sorry, I either take it there, but you know, people don't like cops, so <laughs> I don't think it's that, always that'll a downside. be happening. Yeah. It's always a downside. Womp, womp. A cop, I guess. <laughs> yep, yep. Listen, he wasn't a cop then. Okay, so. <laughs> so yeah, see you next Tuesday. Are back, and they also just dropped a new music video for "Hey Look, No Crying." So Arctangent have just revealed their 2023 lineup, which includes the European premiere of our very own The Callous Die Boys, as well as The Fall of Troy, And So I Watch You From Afar, Helpless, Loathe, Cave-In, a, a bunch of fucking bands. There's many, many bands. You get it. It's Arctangent. You, you know. Uh, Furnace Fest 2023 lineup has been revealed. Also Die Boys, another Die Boys W. Uh, BT yep, Band, Drain, Dies Today, a bunch of other bands. Uh, continuing the fest lineups here, ZBR Fest, Zegama Beach Records Fest 2023 has also been revealed, featuring none other than the Sawtooth Grin. I think it's their first official gig in, I don't know how many years. Uh, as well as Jerome's Dream, Meth, Closet Witch, Blind Girls, Dreamwell, Euclid Sea Finder, Malevic, Rotting in Dirt, many, many others. So many good fests. Just kiss. Yeah, I, I, I gotta say, I didn't really... I'm not really like super big on the Midwest, but I I'm tempted to go back to Chicago for this line because it's just fucking so stupid good. Yep. Um, so yeah. I'm not much on the Midwest, says Christian Sagerstrom. <laughs> we, we've got a history. <laughs> so this is kind of interesting. Both Buckley brothers have now announced their own respective offshoots with Jordan and Goose hitting the studio recently with Will Putney. And now I Keith, hate this. <laughs> Keith has I also been this. teasing that he's in the studio since September, saying it's the heaviest thing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And to top it all off, Andy Williams, who has lately been pursuing a career in professional wrestling, 
is in the studio with former Every Time I Die drummer Mac, or excuse me, Mike Ratboy Novak. So, how do you like that? Three Every this Time I Die Beatles. offshoots. I hate this. Fuck, fuck all this. I hate it. I'm bored. <laughs> let, 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 him, let, let him cook, all right? Let, let him cook. Let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> let's just let's see what happens. Maybe they'll just all put out some super mediocre shit and realize that they need to come back for the money as a legacy act. Whatever. Whatever. I think that's, that's yeah, whenever, the best case scenario whenever, at this point. Whenever they all lose enough cash and spend all their savings, they'll be like, all right, we should probably get back together for that <laughs> show or two that we can bank in on everything and get some merch and all that. So whenever that comes up, I'm looking forward to it. Whenever they do need the money, it'll Listen, be great. Listen, if Brian Cook will cave on the botch reunion, so will they on the Every Time I Die reunion, you know? Mm-hmm. The internet just had to berate him for relentlessly. Quite a few oh. years. <laughs> Quite a few <laughs> years, yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. You might have been part of that, Christian. You might have been part of that. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure he does not care for well, whatever. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not I don't know. The, he, may, he may love me. Who the knows? The disintegration was so public and kind of grim. <laughs> I, I, I have my doubts. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. It was Touche. It, it was one of the uglier splits that I have seen. I'm... I, Imagine a band breaking up because of not drinking. But not communicating. Yep. Like we'll, well, just that, do, we'll just talk to each other through social media posts. Come on. <laughs> Literal well, siblings. Well, it's your brother. Metallica started sucking when they Metallica started sucking when they went sober, you know? I mean, and then they started fighting a lot more and had to get a therapist and all that shit. That was all when they were sober when they were doing that that fucking bullshit. But also know? family, yeah, right? They're brothers, so we don't know what kind of I kind of love the therapy thing. Honestly, that that speaks to me that they want to make it work, that they like love each other and they love the band and they love doing it and why you know, if you love it that much, then you should maybe make the effort to two-edged sword though you know people <laughs> often, coming from somebody who will not go to therapy <laughs> often the families can be the, the thing you want to be the fucking furthest away from at times so you know i get it touche yeah touche when I, dude when i was when i was a kid i was heartbroken when i realized uh, like on mtv news that the gallagher brothers from oasis didn't get along and that they were fighting <laughs> i remember just being really upset as a kid being like oh man that's so fucked up they're brothers man like that kind of no i am like fully yeah. estranged from like almost entire half of my family like one half of my family almost yep it's not even with bands you know did, just, did, oh, we weren't even in a band together yeah so <laughs> maybe we could be if the money is good though <laughs> that's what I'm talking about alright so um, on the subject of reunions Architect the seminal Syracuse metalcore band have just released their first new music in over 14 years bit more on the sludgy side not like on like the math core or like chaotic hardcore side as much but cool to see that they're back just putting that on the list of you know sort of like legendary like regional kind of caliber bands let's say that um maybe just didn't really get their dues but cool to see them come back though yep um let's see here New single from Sleep Sculptor who have just announced their new vocalist and their new album Divine Recalibration which is out April 28th via Silent Pendulum Records. They ended up replacing him, uh, or rather replacing the vocalists with someone named Florent. His surname is escaping me one second. Florent Curatola, who is a... Got a great, uh, got a great voice on him, though. Yeah, definitely. He's actually done vocals for... What is it? Um... Well, anyway, he's like some some sort of like vocal instructor, 
music instructor. And so they've, uh, yeah, they've announced their new vocalist, new album coming out, The Silent Pendulum, later this year. A couple new singles from Eyes, members of Telos, just announced their new album. Uh, Gray Sea, a couple new music, three new music videos in the last three months. Like, they're just, like, one of the hardest working bands in the scene right now. It's crazy. Like, yep, them Cal's Dow Boys busy. Yeah, super busy. Um, what else, what else? Geister Farr have just announced they've changed their name to Lotus Eater Machine. And they've uh, put out two new singles, which were produced by uh, Nick Cates of Mouth Breather. Sort of an interesting move, I gotta say, to change your name from... I, I understand they changed the name because someone else was called Geister Farr, but Lotus Eater is also a band, so why would you then use... I, I understand there's an additional word on it, but I'm, I'm so puzzled by by shifting from one name that's taken to another name that is also basically taken. During, during, during the, uh, it was like 2001, or two, 2020 or 2021, Lotus Eater then fell apart because their vocalist is involved in a It's like a problematic band, shit. yeah. It's a problematic band, so then you went and named yourself, you like added like machine to like a problematic band's name. It was, it's, it's an interesting move. I mean, uh, marketing wise, I, I, I do not suggest it, but uh, the, the tracks are great, you know? Yeah, um, these are tracks hit. <laughs> yeah, uh, they, I mean, they're, they're, they've definitely found like, you know, they've quote unquote, you know, like uh, found their sound you know mm-hmm. but oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, it's once again it's just an interesting move with the with the with the with the band name but uh hey we'll get used to it and uh we'll just, make uh, keep making music boys so uh circle of contempt finished tech deathcore just dropped their first new single in six years uh, a couple other new singles uh baby godzilla oh heck they're now called heck uk mathcore uh, this single is a fucking banger by the way if you're familiar with baby godzilla they've changed their name and uh Man, their new shit is super, super good. Go check that out. American Standards just announced a new EP, Dopamine Dealer, out February 3rd. New single. Uh, a couple of their new singles from Embralio and Entheos. And some DTR-related stuff. Uh, Australian Mathcore act Basil's Kite have just announced their debut full-length album, Shooting Stars, which is coming out again on our affiliate label, Dark Trail Records, on March 24th sick as fuck <laughs> and uh i'm really excited dude it's super Very super excited. good like they're they are like really top-notch musicians and the songwriting is just like really next level good music videos are absurd the music videos are absurd the existing music videos are absurd there's already three that you can watch now and uh lastly we're also doing a vinyl pressing of meth witch indwell so go pick that up warning it's not cheap so, Worth it. Now for some new releases. Very quickly, just run through these. Eclectic Runer by Blaine Kandinsky. Far by Infall. Easy Laugh by Colonial Rune, which we talked about moments ago. Permanence by Invalids. Strobe Light Shadowplay by Lower Automation. Self-Titled by Ya, which we're talking about later in this episode. Sepsis by Ghost Train Suplex, which we just talked about. Nothing You Do Can Stop This by Thank You Driver. Which, that band is fucking incredible, by the way. Speaking of just like Absolutely. one of the best prospects in mathcore right now. Storyteller by Johnny Booth. Unicorn Laser Bubblegum City by The Sound and Creation. Retrospect by Soul Shade. Blasphemy as a Weapon by Clock Strikes Lightning, which we'll be talking about later in this episode. Collapse by Houghton Courts who have kind of changed their style to more of a dark hardcore approach. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them, but they kind of sounded 
like more noise rocky, scronky back in the day. Now they're just like full on like cult leader worship. I'm okay with that. I'm actually okay with that too. It's it's good. <laughs> Undo redo by Dave Nudson uh, of minus the bear and botch doing his little solo effort there. I'm not wasn't super crazy about it, but good to see that he's you know keeping active musically. Period. But focus on botch, okay? <laughs> this will not end well. The new split from Boar in Crisis Sector. A lot of Pacific Northeast, or excuse me, uh, Atlantic Northeast bands releasing stuff in December. We've got Everything by The Tooth, which we're talking about later in this episode. Also talking about later in this episode, That Which Still Aches by Low Before the Breeze. Second City, the new two-track EP from Annalita, which we talked about a couple episodes back. Holly Caught a Contact High, released their fourth EP this year, or in 2022, rather. <laughs> Just, like, pumping out those fucking EPs. Busy. And uh, Memes from the Multiverse by Plastic Bag Face Mask. So that was your news and new releases from the month of November and December, because I totally fucking spaced doing it last time. So next, we're going to talk about Yuh. Yuh are a grindcore quartet from Honolulu, Hawaii. And they just released their debut self-titled full-length on December 3rd. And although I feel like the production is maybe sort of not doing them any favors, it was, but to be fair, I mean, it was recorded at a high school, which is actually sort of, <laughs> sort of endears I, me I'm to gonna, the record a I'm, bit more. Yeah, I'm going to immediately just agree with you. I don't want to cut you off or anything, but sure, I'm just go gonna. Ahead. That's I'm gonna get. That's a huge part of my notes. I feel like it, th- this, in in my opinion, it definitely hurt my listening uh, experience of this. Um, to be honest with you, I have been looking forward to a new Yeah album. I was very um, excited for and, this. You know, uh, it's a there's a lot of promise here, but it does sound like it was recorded in a high school, which you are telling me it basically was. It was huh? recorded at Kailua School, music you know school, what? I believe. Sure. And, and yeah, I mean, a production value can be good anywhere, but that it sounds just like that, you know. My notes um, just say, oh, what you think? <laughs> <laughs> Which can be an endearing quality <laughs> and often, and to good an extent, it was, yeah. but yeah, I, I can't disagree. Yeah, I can't totally. Yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit inconsistent, but we can leave it at that. You know, it was produced at a music school. Um, I'm sure it was, it, they got a, a banger ass deal on some, some, you know, some decent sounding recordings, and they've now got an album out on the internet. So that's a huge fucking plus for this band. To their credit, I want to say the offset against the roughness was that this, while I didn't really focus on any of the individual tracks, it was fun. Definitely a fun listen. Mm-hmm. Wonky. Um, Very um, just like disorienting grindcore, you know? Almost like nauseating uh, with I the would- riffs. I wanted to say like I, I I threw Trippy in there because they're from Honolulu. That was my 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 uh, <laughs> one I added. But uh, but overall, uh, I do like this more scathy vocal grind like this. Uh, it's kind of new that, vocalist um, just, kills it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's it's it is it, the the scathiness kind of takes me to that you know discordant access uh, ACDC kind of vibe you know which I really do enjoy. But man, it's just uh, if just the if everything was just mic'd better and just, you know, everything was just beefed up a little bit, it really would be a, a, a banger of an album. So yeah, overall though, um, I, I, I mean, every, every song on here, you know, uh, it's always hard to kind of, um, 
get really into a grind album i feel we always kind of like yeah it's it you know it's this and yep here's the track you know right uh so i'm kind of after i mean other than the production i mean it's a it's it's a great scathy grind album it's like they uh, put I really some the, i just wanted to add that there's a bit of a a death metal kind of like gorgut's angular thing going on in some of the riffs I think that's that uh, their new their uh, their latest addition of that newer guitarist like a year or two back. Um, uh, they they it's they, it's a lot different yeah. from what we covered you know back in 2020 from the demo. It's absolutely the, the, the approach yeah. is a lot different. They've they've got a different vocalist. That Mikey's gone now. They've got Hoku. Also, I just gonna say I think it's so fucking great that there's a band like this coming out of Honolulu. Like I don't know like how big the scene is there in actuality, but I I don't know of too many bands that are like extreme metal bands that are in Hawaii. So it's just like, and I have like, well, a, I have a special connection with Hawaii because I used to go there a lot growing up. So it's I mean, just, due, due to size, it can only be so big. Am I right? That's so true. even if it is true. a good scene, it's like, you're only going to have so many bands and so many people doing it. And then at some point you're all just in this, you're all have, you're all like members of each other's bands and shit like that. And then but you gotta like, like a, you gotta yeah, make the know. scene though. And that's, that's, that's how it starts. Like Humboldt yeah. County, you know, is still not very well known and still doesn't have a lot of bands, but you know, like the kids come together there, you know, every generation and like make some really awesome shit happen. And I, I think scene, it's cool to see that spirit tight. there. It, yeah. Any kind of scene is fucking tight. I mean, it sucks when scenes fall apart, but just a, a scene in general, it sucks when there's like, fucking keep it up. you have 50 guitarists and one drummer. He's getting used. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. yeah. Busiest, uh, drummers and small guns for sure yep that that takes me back otis definitely (laughs) that's fucking every drummer yeah for sure like yeah we don't need to expand on that it's yeah it's obvious (laughs) but um anyway yeah uh i think body holiday is the track though funny funny pun and i think the strongest set of riffs on the on the album cool i'm down uh that or bleed burn was going to be my other suggestion but uh, that's a good one too body holiday cool So we're going to go ahead and play for you Body Holiday, which is track two from Yuh's new self-titled album that came out back in December. Here we go. So that was Body Holiday, which is off Yuh's new self-titled album, which came out back in December. I meant to cite this in the initial discussion, but really, really love the drumming on this album. I think uh, mm-hmm. I think the, the drumming is like one of the best aspects of this release and the band in general. So next, we're going to talk about Low Before the Breeze. I'm sorry. Next, we're going to talk about The Tooth. Mm-hmm. 
and <laughs> the, Levi, the Tooth are a chaotic hardcore trio from Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was following, I was following your list, dog. I, know. I was like, whoa, he just he just fucking skipped one. Like he's going off, he's going rogue. Like what the fuck? <laughs> Anyways, oh, I'm just fucking everything up, huh? Charlie Brown over here, <laughs> dude. But yeah, so they just dropped their new EP. We've got everything on December second. And, you know, it's just a two-track EP, so obviously there's not really a lot to pick apart here. But they have, like, next-leveled their style, like, once again. Like, the vocals, first of all, are so fucking angry on this release. Like, angrier than they've ever been. Extremely harsh. It's amazing. It, it literally makes up, like, 75% of why I love these two tracks. It, um, uh, it reminds me of... Uh, bands like Helpless, Pain, mm-hmm. and uh, Cursed Earth with just these very, like, I don't know, like, harsh dog-like vocals. It's insa- it's pretty intense. I've got, like, a Terra yeah. Tenebrosa kind of vibe from it. And it's so, mm. you know, bleak and harsh. Very bleak. And those kind of highs as well. Like, yeah, that's what. Those are all excellent adjectives mm-hmm. for this, for sure. It's just, yeah, it's just quality, angular, dissonance, metallic, hardcore, if since we're just throwing out band comparisons willy-nilly, I, I would say Gaza is the strongest influence that was coming through for me on just overall for this band, actually. They, they've sort of seen a, a bit of a shift. They used to be called Sabretooth back in the day, but they have since changed their name to Just the Tooth, I think, as of like 2015. They've been around for like 10 years now. And um, yeah, back then they were a bit more like up-tempo, fast, and they've, they've really taken it to more of like a... Um, that's what I'm looking for here. More of a restrained kind of approach, you know. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, the first track on this is really lengthy and ambitious. It's like this like multi-phased six-minute metalcore song with a really like um, like a mesmerizing outro. And then the second track is kind of just more of like a straight mosher too. So you get you get a bit of both worlds on this EP. Well, I I say I say that first track is definitely uh, I agree with you there. It's like the first track is like six minutes long or something like that, and then that that second one is definitely more of a uh, short mosher one, which I I have no complaints with. I gotta say that Spires is the stronger track though, in my opinion. That was the I, one for me. But Dave Varellen, the energy yeah. in the vocal department as well. I have in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Definitely recalling. Yeah, we're, we're covering a lot of bands that are pulling from the same influence. That's sort of unavoidable on this podcast is recovering mathcore. You know, like the, the seminal artists of the genre are sort of like less than 10, truly. Like the, at least the biggest in my mind. There's not like a whole lot that you can be pulling from overall. But the, the, the breakdown, I can't remember what track it is. Maybe it was Spires. There's like a breakdown with lots of space and affected vocals and stuff. Usually when bands do that, it's kind of like, it can kind of go either way. Is it is it like a pointless injection there? But uh, I feel like that mm-hmm. one was, yeah, that hit, that hit, definitely. Cool. Let's give them, let's give them Spires then. I think that's the track for sure. It's just, it's, on. it's got a lot more going on. The second track is a bit more straightforward, which again, I, I do enjoy. It's definitely like it's definitely like spin kick time, but um, <laughs> yeah, canine train or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, got, it also strongly reminded me of Yashira, who are also kind of channeling arguably the same influences plus Neurosis. So we're gonna go and play for you Spires, which is track one from We've Got Everything, which is the Tooth's new EP, which came out back in December. Here we go. Yeah. 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 
So that was Spires, which is track one from We've Got Everything, which is the Tooth's new EP that came out back in December. So next, we're going to talk about Low Before the Breeze. And Low Before the Breeze are a screamo trio from Atlanta, Georgia. And they just dropped their new split EP with Less Dead, which is called That Which Still Aches on December 2nd, which I actually didn't even realize this was a split until literally last night. I didn't either. It's not even mentioned like when they... Uh, in the title or anything like that. So how would we know, right? It's like not super obvious until you look at the album art and you see less dead on the top right corner or something. Mm-hmm. Like their name is on there somewhere is, is the point. And I just didn't really fucking pay attention to that. Yeah. It's on the top, right? <laughs> so whoopsie, but uh, so less dead. I wasn't quite as crazy about, I mean, it's more of like sort of a straightforward screamo project. That's not to sort of like discount what they're doing, but definitely more interested overall about low before the breeze. So I'm glad that we're, we're talking about them nonetheless, because Holy hell, this is some nasty fucking screamo and they really do bring a good crossover of chaotic, hardcore type material as well. Really excellent vocals, just like top notch shrieks, man. Super good yep, percussion yep. from the drummer. Yep. The production was a little here or there, but um, I, uh, I, I, I did. I, I really enjoyed this. This was um, uh, right up my alley, uh, kind of like a little black and screamo kind of vibe going I on. I knew you, know, you would so. love this. It reminds me of Bucky is why. I honestly thought like you put this on here just for me or you're like trolling me or something like that. I was like, why do you throw this on here? But no, it was, uh, it was, it was a great, it was a really nice treat. Um, I really do enjoy, I think the last time we had Screamo on here was when we covered gospel, uh, like on episode 89 or 90 or something like that. Damn. Is it that long ago? Yeah. We've sort of been. Well, I mean, you consider our... a few things screamo, but I would mm-hmm. say the last thing we had that was like in that realm would be like gospel. And even that gospel kind of is not what gospel used to be. So yeah. Anyways. Totally. Yeah. It's a little different. Yeah. yeah a little different. I don't even know how to describe what hey. they're doing anymore. Yeah, we're getting off on a tangent now, though. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, but uh, but overall, good, I really enjoyed this. It, w- it wasn't too much to say, you know, on here, but uh, just some really solid screamo. I uh, would really like to see, you know, um, a sol- like a full EP or uh, you know, a full length from them with a little bit better production. <laughs> Otis, uh, I felt like it was pretty scratchy, but um, that's probably more indicative of its sort of wheelhouse isn't it like i'm less down mm-hmm. the screamo hole but most of the stuff that i have heard definitely leans l- less towards the sort of full frontal forward tight production kind of thing so i feel like it was on purpose mm-hmm. and part of its uh, general oeuvre and it worked for me in that way um definitely had a lot of charms there was yeah. there i enjoyed the um, there, there, there was definitely there was definitely like overall uh uh an early aughts uh, blend of like that screamo metalcore uh, love lost but not forgotten their second mm. release when they had just one Thank vocalist kind of really nailed that um, there's just this there, like there's there's one or two tracks where they squeeze in a beautiful little melodic part and that really takes me back to the early aughts kind of a screamo side um, so it I mean they really are pulling from a pretty uh, pretty good uh, screamo book I'm not sure what they're reading up on and everything but it's a uh, it, it, it definitely hit me hit me well just once again wish it was just a little bit better produced but it's all good yeah like Jerome's dream and love lost but not forgotten were some things that were definitely coming coming to mind for me. I would also say that there's that chaotic hardcore edge is coming from bands like his hero is gone. Mm-hmm. It sort of like bring some like heaviness that, you know, sort of reminded me of that, that kind of style. I think visions of eating dirt was my favorite track though. Overall really just like Same. 
like bringing you, you know, like 60 seconds of just like as much quality shit as they can possibly fit into one song. I'm with you. Cool. So uh, we'll go ahead and play Visions of Eating Dirt, which is track three from That Which Still Aches, which is the new split from Low Before the Breeze and Less Dead that came out on December, uh, December 2nd. Here we go. So that was Visions of Eating Dirt, which is track three from That Which Still Aches, which came out back in December. And that's by Low Before the Breeze. Okay, so last we're going to talk about Clock Strikes Lightning. And Clock Strikes <laughs> Clock Strikes Lightning are a solo math grind project from the United States, but otherwise parts unknown. And they just dropped their new EP, their debut EP actually, Blasphemy as a Weapon, on November 11th. This one has MySpace written all over it. You can really tell this. Duh. <laughs> yeah, this you can tell this person is into Tower of Rome with that snare sound and cloacal kiss. kiss. It's, it's basically mm. like every Debello and One Eight Seven Records uh, <laughs> release. So uh, it's all great. I got sounds like two thousand and eight. <laughs> yep. There we go. Mode. You got that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Six six to eight. Absolutely. It is like. It is like almost focus grouped in the way that it sounds to, the, to for like aimed at MySpace heads, you know. I like it a lot, though. It's great. Uh, it's uh, even the artwork down to it. Uh, down I mean, to the artwork. Truly, when I li- when I look at the artwork and I listen to it, I'm like, wow, there is an FFO of Cloacal Kiss here. But uh, overall, man, I have no complaints with this. Uh, I would like to see more tracks, better production on something more. Uh, I know it's a solo project, but fucking beef this shit up. I love it. It's great. I really like the raw production. The raw production, the, the guitar harmonies also really stood out to me. And I don't, is, is it mm-hmm. one dude? Or it, it, like it sounds like it could be one dude. Maybe it's not. But like that was a vibe that I did. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it is, it's, a sol- it's a solo it is, project. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. It, 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 yep. There was something yep, identifiable definitely. to that end about it. But that also endeared me to it in some way. And yeah. So my, uh, I think you were about to say, you know, uh, well, my favorite track is a human skin, t- uh, skin kite, but uh, I just wanted to mention the fucking breakdown in that mm-hmm. really took me 
back to that uh, era of 08 that Otis yeah. mentioned. Um, this, Specifically that just track. Just sometimes... It's just there's some sometimes, you know, you get that smell that takes you back to like your old high school or something like that. But there is something about that specific breakdown where I'm like, oh, wow, the like the focus group worked like they really fucking made a good like throwback breakdown there. But anyways, I just wanted to comment on that before you said anything else. No, I totally agree. Now, that was the track that was really doing it for me. Honestly, the other ones were not nearly as strong. That was like the highlight of the EP. Although I will say that I enjoyed the. A little bit of like the clean atmospheric bit at the beginning of the the final track. It was a unique track for that. I thought I thought you were gonna like that. I enjoyed it as well. Uh, I was thought it was gonna be like a whole track of like mathiness or something like that, but then it went right into the chaos. No, so. it, it's honestly that is sort of characteristic of the genre itself. Not really lingering on that particular sequence, but sort of you know just leading leading yeah. the rest to your imagination. I don't know if you guys <laughs> remember Kentucky Waterfall. Uh, they. They Absolutely. had an EP yeah. called Holy Water on the Rocks, and that's immediately what it conjured up to, to me this, listening to this. Um, wow. Pulling out the esoteric Kent- references. That's like... <laughs> wasn't Kentucky Waterfall as well as Solo Project? I think so. And I'm perhaps of someone yeah, yeah, from yeah, yeah, one yeah. of the uh, DeBello bands, I'm pretty sure. Um, I can't remember exactly, wow. but that, Amazing. Was, that whole Oklahoma thing. Yep. I yep. didn't know it was a solo that, project. That, that, that That's cool. Air, that, that area was busy for a while. Fucking Oklahoma for sure, yeah. So many good bands out of the Midwest during the aughts. So yeah, I, let's go ahead and give them a human skin kite then. And that is uh, track two from Blasphemy as a Weapon, which is Clock, Strike, like, Clock Strikes Lightning's new EP that came out on November 11th. Here we go. <laughs> So that was Human Skin Kite, which is off of Clock Strikes Lightning, <laughs> Clock Strikes Lightning's new EP, Blasphemy as a Weapon, and that came out back in November. A bit late on that one, but I felt like we needed to work it in. Oh, worth it. It was just just so on the nose for that MySpace era that it, it we we had to get it in the rotation. 
it's done well too. Like bring it on. It is, yeah. And and for a solo project, it, the material is you know, it's it's decent. It's good. So next, we're gonna give you our favorite albums of 2022. So starting from the bottom of my list, and I really, I lost sleep over this because I, <laughs> I loved. Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> I had a really hard time. I mean, I. I so to put it to you this way, there's not too many races that I was like super, super crazy about this year, but I really had a hard time sort of the narrowing it down to a top 10. I really had like a top 25, but distilling that, um, I didn't make, <laughs> Black Midi didn't make the cut, Helpless didn't make the cut, Worm Rot, Vein, Wounded Touch, Artificial Brain, some releases that I listened to quite a bit didn't make the cut, but uh, my number 10 was Soul Glow, Diaspora Problems. <laughs> Wow. So this isn't a mathcore record, obviously, but it's like one of the best punk records that I have heard in a really, really long time. And they're just bringing such a fresh approach to the punk genre. Super energetic, incredible lyrics. Just everything about this project is so memorable and good. And I was trying to like include the albums that really stuck with me. And this one really stuck with me, man. Like it was a super, super good album. And I enjoyed it more than a lot of the other like mathcore adjacent albums this year, even over the black midi record, which I thought was like pretty exceptional. Mm-hmm. I, I saw soul glow, uh, with, uh, uh, show me the body a few months ago and, uh, it, uh, Eve live performance as well. They just put their heart and soul into it, man. Fucking, uh, fucking, I swear to God, half the band was in tears and shit like that. It was good. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. They're really clearly passionate about uh, what they do. So, um, I'll uh, take a lead there. Uh, so number 10 for me, uh, just like Christian, I kind of lost sleep over this, but I did uh, choose Gospel uh, Loser for my number 10. Oh, I This one uh, might be a little bit... I have two on my list that I will claim as maybe being a little biased just due to nostalgia. Uh, I had to give Gospel the love. This album is complex, very well written. I was not expecting Gospel to ever release anything again, so uh, it had to make the list no matter what. And once again, not much of a mathcore album, but we did cover it on uh, a few episodes back uh, for pretty much the same reason. It just needed uh, the attention. It's good. It's really well done. I respect yeah. that choice for uh, sure. It's a great album. It Overall, like this is one of my albums that uh, it is a true... like So like every album on here, on my album of the years, it is a you know track one to finish like if i'm skipping over tracks like you fucking you're out of here you know um and this one i just uh yeah had to be at least on the list so i went to number 10 uh otis what do you think what's your number 10 uh as i mentioned earlier i didn't really have a hierarchy for stuff because my listening uh behaviors over 2022 was so fucking erratic and i spent a lot of time listening to old shit as well so the one you love the least i had to the, Tell us the one you love the least. The, the, the one I love the least. Hmm. Yeah. That that that's on my list, mm-hmm. or. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which one of your kids do you hate the most? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, you're like fuck that one, but like I love him, but like okay, fuck okay, that okay, you know, okay, okay. I got one for you, and it's if you had it's, a gun to your head, it's, it's not, it's not <laughs> math. That would be your goddamn it's, number ten. It's not math core at all, but I spent a lot of time listening. Doesn't to have it. to be. The, the new Mars Volta. You would be gone. 
Oh shit! Unexpected. Yeah, I, like I, it ended up in my playlist a fucking lot for some random reason, and I do really enjoy it, even though I know there's a massive backlash from the change in uh, direction or sound or whatever. But it mm. definitely grew on me. But it's it's definitely probably the least uh, math orientated stuff that's on my list anyway. So from that perspective, but um, I still I still listened to it enough and was moved by it enough to include it in this in, in my um, list of stuff for 2022 but again i'll say no well, if you were moved by it then yeah yeah shit then it needs to be in your top i was moved significantly by the soul glow album that's it you know it penetrated my top 10 even though it's not in any way adjacent really it's just a punk album but aggressive as fuck so but yeah i i that's so funny you, you mentioned that album because that album was so far from my mind when I was making my list. But uh, I'll have to revisit it. I just, yeah, I, I was part of the backlash for sure. I did not Okay, so let me just say real much. quick. Because, you know, first and foremost, drums are my primary instrument. And I, I, it's so funny to see all my drummer friends just fucking hate on it so hard because, you know, it doesn't have the John Theodore or Thomas Theodore. kind of technical stuff going on and i know that's not what they were trying to do for this album and you know they're a bit further on in their career and maybe they're mellowing out whatever the fuck but i yeah it still sounds like mars volta to me maybe a different iteration and this the Mm -hmm. first the first the first 15 minutes on that album anyway and also the last couple of tracks just really um yeah spun my propeller i will i'll revisit it since it made your top 10 I'm going to have to give it a, a, another shot because I, I gave it two listens you know the cursory yeah. first listen and then the, uh, the attentive second it's and then... definitely mood specific like you you got to be in a sure. certain headspace to go okay yep and I felt like for me this year with heaps of shit going on and it was just like a nice wallpaper <laughs> this doesn't speak much for the music you know if you enjoy <laughs> but it, I, I think yeah. if you have enjoyed Omar's solo stuff in the past then you're probably going to like the new Mars Volta record because it's yeah. really more just more like Latin rock focused and for sure if you like Santana and um, you know just like OG kind of Afro-Cuban shit then you, you may you may enjoy this so my number nine speaking of totally like non-adjacent albums was Chatpile God's Country. I have that too. Yeah. I I had to get this Mm -hmm. on my list because it was just, you know, I was going by albums that really stuck with me and this was by and large like wow how many how many memorable tracks does this album have like it's uh, it really is um it's it's memorable and the messaging behind it is also profound in many cases or just like uh visceral and gripping and um you know existential and it's just uh it's like an anxiety attack but i i really enjoy coming back to it there's certain times when it's I, frustrating yeah there's certain times when i have to skip certain tracks because i'm not in the right headspace but uh, yeah, this this album is so fucking good, and I really just had it on repeat for a, about a month, I would say, like straight, like every day, listening to God's Country. Respect. Did you feel yourself getting more depressed as that month went on? <laughs> a little bit. It's so bleak. I mean, I love it. I love I love what it is because of that, but it is so fucking bleak. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I listened to friggin' Math Course, so I'm already I already I'm self-flagellant. 
<laughs> I I, I kind of got a big Armin Ra sort of thing going on with it, and I think that's what I'm picking up with the 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 bleakness thing. It, it's kind of really it's really unhinged, but in a like controlled it. way, and and yeah, definitely it's definitely a vibe. So that was also in your your top ten, Otis. Yep. Yep. But both kind of, kind of like noise rock kind of, you know, it's on that in that camp definitely, but just with so much more emotive undercurrent, I think, which is it was the bleakness and that kind of so fucking depressive, uh, oppressive sound. Um, yeah, and like oh, the last track as well. <laughs> is that the one with like grimace? grimace! Yeah. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> He's been a running theme of theirs for a while. They they, right. they have a they have a merch t they have a merch t shirt like from like that grimace with a bong, and they've been selling that thing for fucking years. I've been right. seeing Holly celebrating that uh, that aesthetic quite a bit recently as well. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's it's delightful. So Levi, uh, number nine for me. Uh, it's going to be kind of once again a little away from it's mathcore. We did cover it though, so I felt good about this. I'm gonna say Noel. Uh, it is it is a a relentless grind album. I love the use of horns. It's a bit confusing and disorientating at times. Uh, I, I I mean we've we said on the podcast and I'll say it again. It is definitely a heavy, full of hell worship FFO kind of thing, but in a good way. Um, as that band kind of kind of explores more and more through albums and stuff, I really feel like Noel has taken the wheel and just ha- just producing some really amazing chaotic grind. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my number nine. Otis, I, I gotta say that's just to quickly agree with you that it's uh, one of the best grindcore albums of the year for sure. I really struggled with not having Cloud Rat, Worm Rot, and this album on my my top ten because they're all just really fucking exceptional. Yep, yep. And Otis, you said that your you chat pile was also in yours. So do you want to count that as your? your entry for this discussion or do you want to this is not an album this is an ep um and i probably listen to this more than other stuff on here but the zombie shark born from a wish ep was fucking high rotate oh wow yeah, good. and of course i love cyber grind and that kind of stuff but i feel like in even in terms of what he has released before this feel, felt like a culmination of production, writing, uh, just straight up vibe, really aggressive and digital and a lot of box ticking things for me as a Cybergrind fan, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping we get a, another album from him uh, soon, because I love what he does, and that EP was sick. Super good, I agree. Yeah, one of the, one of the best like modern Cybergrind artists along with Blind Equation. The production was uh, a lot more leveled up and kind of balanced out than previous stuff, and I hope he continues Thicker. on that path. Yeah. So moving on with my uh, my number eight, I had to give it to Totally Unicorn, High Spirits, Low Life. I don't care. It's 
I think that it came out a bit earlier in the year is probably why. So I think it probably escaped a number of people's year-end lists. But yeah, I really, really enjoyed this album. Like from start to finish, every track is just like catchy and has amazing lyrics and uh, still offers that kind of like the chaotic edge. But they're just moving more and more into like the rock and roll kind of field, which I, I feel like is becoming a trend for a lot of mathcore bands post like their most like chaotic period they kind of are like we're going to do like more of a rock and roll sound maybe I'm just thinking specifically of Sunflower and the bands in my orbit but I just was picking up on that but yeah super good album every single track was was good for me so yeah I, I had to place this on my uh, my number 8 one of my favorite Australian bands next to Basil's Kite love it yeah they're, they're always been party central like and, and their vibe as well and I think maybe that leans towards what you were kind of mentioning Christian about the, the rock and roll yeah. takeover but it's 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 like you know shit that would make you move and, and do the you know the hardcore dance in the pit rather than like slam into someone kind of thing it's more like a you know it's a, it's good good, 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 good time. time shit and they're totally, just like yeah. truly yeah definitely a party band and they're just like lovable looking dudes too like he's just like look at them how, how can you not love these yep. guys I went on tour <laughs> we did a, when I was doing Ornithologist we we did several dates with them and all of the heavy heavy low low dates when they came down and what was that 2009 or something and like they had a That's slightly so fucking different that was the same time man yeah man but like they had a different you were gonna say that different guitarist and different drummer perhaps at the time it was a, the initial lineup and they were definitely uh, more on the MySpace end of the sound uh, palette back then of course as you'd expect but um, I've loved watching them just stay the course and just keep you know every every release they get a little bit bigger and a little bit more refined but they still haven't really lost any of their overall oeuvre kind of thing it's still 100% Truly. totally unicorn yeah I, I think it, yeah. I, mean, I was like familiar with them with dream life on and that's when they were still kind of like in their myspace phase but it was sorry that really got my attention when they released grub yeah and uh, then later on the album sorry that, that's when I was like I became a, a big fan of this band so yeah uh, Levi uh, my number eight uh, it's going to be the wind in the trees architects of light <laughs> Fuck yeah. uh, this had to be on the list no matter what um, yes Thin is not on my list it had to be kicked to the side I apologize Thin but both of these uh, groups I feel are very have been working really hard in 2002, uh, 2022 and also 2023 they seem to have uh, a little tour planned and even more material uh, so 12 gauge is definitely uh, doing right by giving these two bands uh, coverage but anyways back to the wind of the trees this album really caught me by surprise it's relentless uh, it's just got this screamy grindy approach uh, it's technical uh, it, it's great um, I still am listening to it this one was an easy one I just had to look at my Spotify uh, plays this year and uh, this one was right up there uh, it was on my best uh, it was on my whole like you know wrap up and shit like that so uh, wind of the trees number eight made it pretty easy fucking made a great great fucking screamo grind album fucking a yep otis you got another one um okay um you you guys are gonna probably have this already in your thing towards the more 
uh, higher end of it, of course, being um, uh, seen favorites. But that Dow Boys album, man, Celebrity Therapist, holy shit. Definitely did a lot of time in my uh, headphones while out walking around. I think it's unavoidable when you look at any nice. year-end list. It's it's everywhere, yeah. 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 For sure. The consensus is <laughs> the consensus is out there. Yeah, I, I, I don't have a whole lot to say about it that you no one's already said or thinking. You know what I mean? It's lots, <laughs> lots of box ticking. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. And catchy Literally. as fuck. Catchy as fuck too for what it is. It should should be less catchy, but it's but it's it's all there. Truly, yeah, they, they really brought some catchy stuff as well on that album. So moving on to our number sevens, or uh, mm-hmm. whatever placement we are for Otis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm fucking you all up with my random uh, uh, shit. Oh no, it's all good. I, I like How it. I like dare it, man. You, hey, sir. Yeah. How dare you? Hey, you you have a list. That's great. <laughs> That's all we need. You did your homework. Cool. So next on my list was Forests. Get in, losers. We're going to eternal damnation. It may be because I have just like a special place in my heart for this band, but uh, even after the lineup change post-Adam, yes. I, uh, I, I still really, really love and connect with what this band are doing. Again, sort of a... A less it's more like math rock and emo adjacent if anything but if you haven't listened to this band and you're like a fan of say Marietta or Cap'n Jazz or any kind of like seminal or really like um, influential modern emo acts and you got to get on Forests man because they're like one of the best bands in the style and uh, certainly the best out of well <laughs> maybe not I, I'd say they're the best out of Southeast Asia for sure like uh, Singapore easily one of my favorite Singapore bands next to Wormrod. They're still great. They're, they're making great music after the lineup change. That, that was my only concern. Uh, they, that did not make my list, but it was definitely one I had to chuck to the side. So at least uh, it's, a, it's a mention on my side. But yeah, good album. Yeah, really, really love what they're doing. And Daryl's the fucking boy, so. Boy! That's for you, Daryl. <laughs> he'll, know, he'll know what it means. Cool uh, cover so, art as uh, well. Levi? Oh yeah, great. Great cover art as well. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> perplexing <laughs> thought provoking Levi uh, my number seven uh, it's gonna be Ithaca uh, they fear us damn I'm almost yes, surprised um, to see this so high up in your your uh, your list yeah, so this one, I after we covered it on the podcast, I definitely gave it more listens. Uh, this one grabbed me in the same way that the Armed grabbed me. Um, overall, I just feel like there's some really strong uh, songwriting going on. Lyrical content's really good. 100%. Um, pr- the production's got me, and, oh, and I honestly just the way that they were kind of shoved down my throat through social media and stuff and just like how they were promoted like i i mean you got me i i they definitely had my attention um great visual aesthetic I, for the music videos and the the whole yes. the pr spread with their photos they're just they're looking very sharp and 
Yep, I mean the vocalist. The vocalist has Jamila. a great tone. Um, I really like uh, where the where the vocalist is. Uh, but overall, yeah, it just I, I it just it, it in itself it's just a well produced album, and I can't fucking deny it. I'm not sure if the Armed was made my list. I think it made your list and not mine. But uh, I was even surprised that it kind of worked its way up. But I all once again, this is one where I was like, uh, I don't know went back to my spotify plays and i was like oh shit okay i gave you more time than i thought let's do this um yeah so it's their best album with, for sure yeah really really oh, in- uh, yeah i'm just gonna say really enjoying the lyrics and janelle is obviously a great front so yep. loving loving them see loving to see them get like their dues you know really coming um one of like the more prominent like metalcore premier uk bands you know like along with people's yep, so absolutely love to see it Otis, you got another one? Uh, I'm going to put in a nod for Black Meta Device Autonomous Weapons. I, I got a little bit. Dark Shell Records! Whoop, whoop. I got a little bit back into skating this year just to, to prove I'm not a complete sedentary fuck. That's my dude. That's my and, dude. Uh, and I fell off a lot, but uh, that that was in my cans for um, the skating to a lot this year. And it's it's got that it's got a good energy. Uh, love that's good skate music love for sure. Michael Tony's uh, vocals and like it's it doesn't stick out in too any specifically iconoclastic way. Like it's it's doing the thing it does really well. But also, um, uh, again, another band that leveled up their production, I feel like, compared to previous releases, and the material is only improving, and again, a whole ass vibe from top to bottom, and not a lot of track skipping for me for that one, so I had to include that. No skippers whatsoever on that. I like that. No cap. My, uh, my number six was Mothman, Cancer Withdrawal. <laughs> Obviously, this list is going to be a bit nepotistic. You know, it is what it is. I, I love the bands that I release. You know, so of course they're gonna they're gonna crack my top ten. And uh, Mothman are a band that I've been following since like 2015. And uh, yeah, I just been long awaiting this uh, this album. They did not disappoint. They're one of the best bands out of Texas. One of the best like chaotic bands. I don't want to pigeonhole pigeonhole them as a mathcore band because they have such a a background in like grindcore and just like straight up hardcore but they're like super technical like incredible chops incredible musicianship great double vocal attack really just reminding me of uh, some of my favorite bands like Ed Gain so really had to give it to them for Cancer Withdrawal because I pretty much love every track on the track list and there's a couple riffs where I'm not like as, as crazy about it but it's like there's never a dull or uninteresting moment on the record I uh I I will be honest with you they this one made my list too uh, it was a little higher up so so uh, what would be your number six then uh, number six would be Vermin Womb uh, Retaliation. <laughs> Uh, 
once again just went back to the to the, to the plays and I was like okay I gave you a lot of time but yeah overall I uh, was really excited uh, Vermin Womb didn't know that they were going to be pumping out something and just uh, very fortunate for it uh, yeah it just it, it's relentless I can't really say anything else it's just it's non-stop and give me more yeah, as a, as a long-time Ethan McCarthy enjoyer, I have to say that I'm... Ethan forever. <laughs> Ethan forever. I'm delighted at the prospect of... Uh, I, w- I was delighted at the prospect of New Vermin Women. I'm so glad to see the project come back and uh, with a vengeance, too. This material is super fucking good. It's just nice to have... It, it's nice to hear him in the context of a bit more of a faster, aggressive approach because as much as I love Primitive Man, uh, you know, i, I got to be in a certain mood to listen to that. Because it's just so bloody oppressive, but yeah, I, I totally agree. Retaliation, fucking great album, one one of the best uh, grindcore albums of the year for sure. Right up there with uh, Vermin Woman, or excuse me, right up there with uh, Wormrot and um, and uh, Cloud Rat and Noel. Yeah, Otis. All right, yep. What's up, I'm gonna Otis? take Levi's uh, last one as a cue to investigate because I've never really heard Vermin Woman before, but I've heard it's one of those names I keep hearing getting. So Ethan so. was in a band called Clinging to the Trees of a Forest Fire. Oh, yeah, 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 right. So, right, yeah. They were a DeBello Same dude. Sure. Yeah. Goes yeah. back goes back to the DeBello days. Right. Basically yeah. just like a, a, a Denver, Colorado scene pillar. You know, right. like one of the one of the most prolific, like, extreme musicians out there. He's a noise musician, too, I think, as well. Right, cool. Yeah, I'll definitely yeah. check um, them out. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call up Meshuggah Immutable. Just because, again, uh, Out Walking Around, it's such a good album to move to, as is most of their shit. The, the, but, um, like, a, lo- a lot of people didn't like it. I felt like they did a couple of things that they haven't really done before on there which uh, you know when you get into the what Mashuga do kind of thing and how it relates to the rest of the world it's sort of the two disparate disparate things altogether. and like i grew up mm-hmm. i grew up on thems from uh the destroy race and prove was the first thing that i heard that made me go oh 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 this one's that 95 94 yeah and um god damn but like yeah that that you can tell they tried to do something different here and maybe like that little black metal out like riff tremolo thing halfway down is maybe the odd man out for the album flow but um i mean i'm a i'm a self-confessed mashuga junkie so i wasn't not going to include it and it's definitely better than some of the previous albums that they've released in the last uh decade for me anyway so Especially some of which, uh, yeah, post. I feel like they're they're definitely have not been as good post Frederick Thor, Thor, Thorindal. Is how you say his name? Tordendal, yeah. Tordendal. Yeah, I feel like it's declined a little bit in quality since then. But yeah, I do feel like this is one of their better works in the last few years. It didn't really like make my even my honorable mentions, but yeah, like for how far they are into their career to be able to like continue making albums that just don't absolutely blow fucking chunks is it's pretty remarkable <laughs> and still yeah. try new shit as you're saying they're they're still experimenting they're still you know um yeah they're still doing it and it doesn't feel listless you know i think a lot of the, a lot of the 
uh, fans are hanging out for this fucking soul, second solo album, Special Defects 2 or whatever, which has been like, like 22 years in the waiting now. And, and supposedly oh the reason... God, I'm so tired of hearing about it. Yeah, the, supposedly the reason that he took a hiatus from Meshuggah was to uh, finish recording it. So uh, hopefully we'll get that. I know that's not. We got another Mohammed Shemez on our hands here. Goddamn right we do. Another necrophagic right situation. Right. <laughs> yep. He's busy. He's busy. Everybody, don't worry. He's well, busy. Once, once that long of a time elapses, the expectations are so unreasonably high that why would you even? Why would you even bother? I feel that's probably a big part of why it's taking so long because he keeps retroactively, perhaps. Uh, comparing himself to you know times moving forward and obviously his tastes are changing he probably has this stuff sitting on his hard drive for two fucking decades and now he's fucking sick of listening to it and wants to change it all the time an army of didgeridoos ten thousand didgeridoos it's so weird because the, <laughs> is- the first the first special defects there's actually two versions of as well which proves he's already been uh like a, a post-released uh perfectionist re-editor of, of his own material so okay Kanye it's so annoying just release yeah. the album that's like that is what prevents people from becoming prolific is that kind of mindset where you're retroactively you know releasing 2.0s of shit just release the fucking album yeah. and reissue with better production 20 years later and call it good and maybe that's why Meshuggah like it. trumps his solo stuff as well because there's other people in the band going no dude it's it's got to be finished we're going to put it out by this fucking date and there's a record label and all this stuff but um yeah mm-hmm. but yeah uh immutable was definitely high rotate for me this year so i gotta get that back in the rotation check it out again because i again just two listens for me and i didn't didn't revisit it after that i'll amend that so i'm uh, moving on to my number five i had uh Black Matter Device, Autonomous Weapons. Like you were saying, they're, they're not like, it's not especially iconoclastic, and they're not like, they're not like taking any like bold moves experimentally on this album or anything, but like, just so fucking good at what they do, and just every track is very very concise and has something memorable about it and um just not not a skipper in sight too just a, a good a good like fluid listening experience man and just yeah michael tony just a visionary and like modern math core for sure that i feel like is not necessarily getting the dues that he deserves like they're they're basically they're the same caliber as Callus Davoys, but it's just like lesser known, you know. So if you're not already familiar with Black Matter Device, definitely go check them out because they've they've been putting in the work for a long time. Production on Autonomous Weapons is definitely like the best yet. They produce all of their own albums, so like it's technical where it needs to be, but it's it's got a a, com- a comparatively bountiful amount of vibe. That's it's, yeah. it's got fun it's got a fun hooks. factor to it that keeps me coming back for repeat yep. listening yes there's hooks there's hooks and catches where you're like that part yeah this, and I think that's this what bit moments. a lot of oh, these bands bit. are yeah as opposed to just like being uh, you know a derivative pastiche of your influences you know to to focus on bringing parts that really stick with you personally as a songwriter 
is what the audience is going to enjoy the most, at least in my experience. Yeah. So yeah, that was my number five. Levi? Uh, my number five going to be Helpless, Cajun Gold. <laughs> Christian, I know it didn't make your list, but so uh, close. I had to make mine. Yeah, it was a close one for sure. Uh, this one, once again, um, not only did I, I was like, ah, oh, put it on the list, and then I went to my to my plays, and I was like, oh shit, you're going higher than I thought. Um, <laughs> overall, I uh, I really enjoy the sound of what Helpless does. Um, I can't really say anything more than that. It's just some amazing, chaotic, uh, just disorientating, uh, relentless music. Um, that's it fucking crushing so Just, good you know sign me up for more i love helpless so me too it. one of the best uk bands for sure like one of the best in that style too like yeah one of the, like there's so many like dark hardcore bands in europe but they're like right up there with like hexus in my opinion and plebeian grandstand but plebeian and they're kind of like black metal, yeah so. I was just gonna say plebeians up there, but uh, well, yeah. Overall, man, just helpless. Fucking sign. Uh, I just, uh, I had no idea. I, I kind of like, you know, you go back to your plays and you're like, you're surprised, kind of like how much you actually jammed something. And this one too, I was like, holy fuck, I really dug this. I bought the vinyl. Sounds yeah. Good. Again, I really, really struggled with not getting that one specifically in my top ten. Like, but I just had to. It wasn't as memorable track to track for me was the issue. I think like I went and like looked at the track listing and I was like, I couldn't immediately without listening to it recall parts and that's kind of what I've, I go by generally is like what has been sticking with me what I'm listening to the most and although I listen to this a lot it's just like it was mostly the opening track and um, just like all this I think all the singles really did stick with me but yeah it just wasn't it wasn't like quite up there for me uh, well Good choice, I mean, you bought the vinyl yeah. you bought the vinyl but I put it on my list so we both did our parts so <laughs> we there did it is. I'm like a, yeah I'm yep. a fucking big fan of helpless just like oh I've got like their um I've got their fucking a print of one of their pieces of art and got the shirts and everything you know got the shirts Otis um Helpless another band that I have not uh listened to so I'm gonna go check them out uh sometimes very Gaza-esque it's what we're here, it's, it's, it's what we're here for Otis that's it yeah, check that's them it. out um I'm gonna mm-hmm. call upon uh the Sawtooth Grin Good <laughs> My reasoning, apart from the fact that it is very good, is that for an old <laughs> fart such as myself that came up in the era for which they were in their prime, I completely fucking slept on this band during uh, that era and after which, and have uh, <laughs> probably only listened to one track or two maybe previously like ambiently from someone else playing it. I just kind of not for lack we of ap- we appreciate your honesty not like, <laughs> yeah. like i said your honesty. Takes courage not for lack of want or they just they just missed my radar for whatever fucking reason there's so and many bands so when i heard good and everyone's going oh you know it's kind of different to what they did did previously and stuff but you know it just made me go back and, and listen to uh the, the, the first album as well but cuddle cuddle monster and all shit. that shit yeah, yeah the guitar sound is so Pivotal. fucking up my alley it's that single coil ganky <laughs> fucking ah oh, love it and the riffs and the drumming john carell's fucking amazing that, that I, clean overdrive totally yeah yeah 
Okay, uh, damn, that's a, good, that's a good one for number five, baby. I tell you what. Yeah, I felt somewhat semblance of guilt. Uh, listening to Good made me feel guilty for all of the, um, the years that passed that I did not pay attention to the band previously. And the other thing, I mean, like, I, it, I was, I watched. It's hard, it's hard to find it. Huh? I was just gonna say. Oh, you're you're cutting out. Sorry. I watched um, the cast that ends creation interview that Chris did with them as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, listening to the vocalist talk and and about you know their experiences in that era and stuff, and it's just like, holy shit! How did I how did I not ever fucking pay attention to this band because they for all purposes and uh you know intense they should have been on my radar and i should have been listening to them and going yes yes this but for some reason my focus was other elsewhere but um that's cool because now i can go back and i've got new stuff to listen to (laughs) so that's fine i mean you're you're i mean you're you're hailing from another country so probably not everything is so in the in your ether at that point i definitely heard of them i they, they it's like not like yeah. i'd never heard of them before i knew i knew the name definitely yeah. i was just in my brain was in another place at that time as a musician i feel like to other stuff i guess too. i feel like sawtooth had its had its fans at that point but naturally it's one of those bands as soon as it defunct and everybody fucking went nuts you know and just as time went on everybody realized what what we were what we missed that kind of thing, right you know? yeah the um, um the annals but, yeah. of time stretch out and and yeah. obviate yeah. the the cream and the dross you know the when when you get yeah. that far down the path with something that's like a look back genre it's like you have the new lens on the on the on the past that makes some stuff look really good and some stuff like what what the fuck were we thinking <laughs> kind of yeah you know. Well, I mean, it's 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 something it's something about gratitude, you know. It's got to be taken away from you in order for you to be appreciative of it. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying. And I feel like that's just the Sawtooth specifically was that. And then, you know, I mean, they really didn't have much physical media. So, I mean, back in the day, if you weren't grabbing their album off some random fucking download site, I mean, yeah, you probably didn't it wasn't out there, you know. But yeah, if I Otis, to be honest with you, if if you would have told me the Sawtooth grin fact of you not you being a newbie. If I would have had a few beers in me, I might have berated you a little bit. So I'm glad that we're <laughs> here having coffee, smoking weed. That's I might I might have, I I would on have fucking deserved it. I might have it. jumped on top of you. I would have deserved it. So. Like a rabid little dog. I would have been like, I would have taken, I would have taken it submissively because I would have deserved it. Cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. All right. I just want to be real with you. I love you, but I'm, yeah, I would have, I might have drunk, fought, like fought you or attacked you or something like that. So I would have had the sword. How tall are you? <laughs> how, hey, how, how, uh, how tall are you? Me, just under six. Just yeah. under six foot. Oh, I'd jump on top of you. I'd take you down like a fucking tall tree. I'd, I'd fucking you would because I'm a I'm until a, you I'm fall a lover, over. Not a fighter, so you know. I just oh, I, just I, I go it. for the eyes right away. You got to watch I out. I take one for the team. Yeah. <laughs> What's so funny about that is I've literally pulled dudes off of Levi. <laughs> hey, in a pit. Yeah, whatever. Fucking. I'm not saying in bed. I think maybe it's the higher pitch. Wrong with that. The higher pitch voice gives me the impression that you're like five one, five two, or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I have a five one mentality, but I'm five six, five seven. Right. You know, but yeah, <laughs> it's the overcompensation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> my guy's not that us miniature little, whenever us little people are put in a corner we gotta fucking just burn bridges we gotta go scorched earth everything's That's gotta it. fucking go okay you know? so, so like yeah. I, I have I, as you know I've got a lot of birds 
and I've got three. We've got three silky chickens, and uh, the the runt is actually the alpha, and he's like a third the size of these the other two chickens. But he's always like fucking picking the others and and like asserting dominance. What a little dickhead! <laughs> oh, what a little dick! That's, That's so shit. funny. I feel like there's an animal. All right, boys. Moving on. Let's, it's uh, let's get to this something. fucking done. Yep. <laughs> what it is, I don't know. <laughs> Let me hit my pin and think about it again. <laughs> number four. Yes, profound. Right, number four, got it. Number four. Yeah. So my number four was The Wind in the Trees, Architects of Light. Yeah, placing very, very high on my list. David is one of the best uh, undersung artists in the mathcore genre. I mean, from Lilu Dallas to American Motherhood to The Heads Are Zeros to The Wind in the Trees, they're all exceptionally good projects that I still enjoy revisiting to this day. He's got a very idiosyncratic style that's like immediately recognizable for uh, in, in terms of his guitar technique. You know, large in fact due to the uh, the double voicings on the tunings. Uh, so he avoids making a lot of like the same shapes that are are being used by a lot of people in the genre, sort of avoiding a lot of the uh, the tropes that way, perhaps. But yeah, man, just a very idiosyncratic mathcore project that's instantly recognizable and uh, very undersung. So yeah, I had to give it up to them. Word. Um. So my number four, eh, we're doing a little switcheroo here, bud. Mothman. Just like yourself, Bud, uh, was really excited, really waiting for new Mothman. Uh, was really stoked when I heard, you know, y- uh, you were going to be dropping it on Dark Trail. Uh, overall, though, just it, once, yeah, it's it, just like you uh, were saying, it's kind of hard to put him in that little uh, label, I guess, you know, uh, for digestibility here. But it's extreme, chaotic, hardcore with that little t- touch of like mathy grind too it's all over the place and by yes, definition it's fucking mathcore it's just nobody wants to say yeah. it because it's a kind of like grindcore yeah. palette you know but, but, but it, well i mean mathcore index embraces it yeah released exactly. on dark shell records it's got to be some mathcore um but uh also just the the the, the vocal attack that you mentioned as well yeah. it, it's it's awesome uh so overall dude i i love this album great fucking release stoked great number four love to see it yep Otis um what, what else have I got here I'm gonna no one's no one's mentioned it yet so I'm gonna throw it in there sunflower all these darlings and now me Jeff 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 comparison like the the um again the progression from all these darlings versus no help the sound in general and the songwriting and jeff fucking slaying and killing (laughs) jeff our boy our our nearest and dearest jeff jeff but i also really like carter's guitar i get a jeff in the chat please I i gotta jump in and say fucking carter's uh flavor 
lots of different flavors that all really merge well together in the total sum. It's like whimsical. Yeah, it's got nostalgia, but it's it's got modern shit going on. But uh, yeah, it's sick. It's fucking rad. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> so on to my number three. It was the Calista Boys, Celebrity Therapist. So I really, really struggled with placement of my top three specifically this year. Because I really did enjoy all of my top three very, very closely. It, the only reason it didn't make my number two slot is because I feel like there are some growing pains on this album, perhaps, and I felt like some of the transitions could have, could have been a bit stronger. But, I mean, what can you say? They're, they're one of the best bands in the genre. The melodic elements, especially on title track and uh, Star Baby, just fucking land so hard. Um, yeah, just really exciting to see this band gain the following that I thought that they deserved all along. See them just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Now they're going to Europe. And um, yeah, I'm you know I'm, I'm proud of them. Proud to be friends with them. So proud to be friends with Carson. Dowboys, Celebrity Therapist, number three. Levi? Uh, so number three, uh, this will be another one that's a little less math core adjacent, but still kind of falls underneath the, the umbrella. Um, Victor Shores, uh, their self-titled album, Victor Shores. He took me out on his canoe and told me not to tip it. Uh, these guys are hailing from Minneapolis. Um, they are a three-piece, uh, kind of indie rock, just punk math rock, I guess you could kind of touch on a little bit. Emo math But overall, rock. we're... Oh, there, there. If you are a fan of, we're gonna for the second time of this podcast mention Marietta, uh, just really emotional, uh, emotive, uh, chanty uh, lyrics are simple yet really hit you uh, in the heart. Like it's, it's really well written rock. Uh, that's pretty much all I got to say with these guys. Uh, really positive dudes and uh, Zegama Beach, uh, or I think it might have been Tomb Tapes that released the. The, this physical copy but uh shout out to whoever gave victor shore support because uh they definitely deserve it yeah so. man this they're, they're one of the better bands and like this newer i don't know sixth generation of emo i don't even know what generation we're in right now but yeah they're they're they're, they're good definitely recalling that american football kind of marietta sort of uh sappy melancholic you know emotive math rock Yep. Uh, shout out to uh, David and Bryce in uh, that band. I uh, used to play uh, Screamo shows with them back in the day all the time <laughs> in North Dakota. So Midwest love, boys. Midwest. Otis? Um, I got Karanir Phantasmal. Speak of Zagama, right? Yeah, just, just again, lots of fun. It's a fun thing. It, 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 it's got the genre crossover thing that appeals to me in a certain way. They're pumping out a lot of music. One of the most prolific bands in grindcore, and yeah, that's pigeonholing them again because they're so genre defying, yep. and they have such a expansive career. They have every such time, a, 
Yeah, every time I listen to the, I get something completely new and I go, oh, this reminds me of Earth. Oh, this bit within the same track, let alone across the album. But again, not a lot of. I, it's an album I can put on and not uh, sort of skip. And like, okay, so for me, I listen to a lot of music in the background when I'm working because I, I fucking work hardcore and I don't always have the wherewithal to stop and fucking. Uh, identify each individual track I'm listening to or um, focus on it that way so I'm just letting things free run in the background and if something can uh, usually I have stuff on repeat and if if I if I get to a point where I'm noticing that hey this is like the third or fourth time I've heard this tune it generally means it's <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying it so and I had that with uh, Phantasma awesome album Love it. Yeah, I gotta say, Gary is just like, everything that he does is good. Gone Mage, I don't know if you've heard that yet, but it's like kind of a new metal project that he's working on. And yeah, just doing like Nintendo Core and Grindcore and Black Metal and all these different styles of extreme music, just all exceptionally well. Good pick. So my number two, I struggled with not putting this in my number one because it's just such... Um, a massive influence for me. The Sawtooth Grin, good. Uh, the Sawtooth Grin are one of my favorite bands of all time. Like, my own band was admittedly aping what they were doing to a, a a pretty extreme degree in some cases. A little tip of the hat. Yeah, more than a tip of the hat. Definitely like full-on quotations, but yeah, just one of my favorite bands. And I got to say, this is one of the best comeback albums of all time. I can't think of a stronger comeback album off the top of my head. I can think of some other very, very strong comeback albums, but like not one that is like, well, I almost like this. I don't like it more necessarily because... You know, uh, sometimes she tasted like burnt plastic smells is like the track, and I'll always, you know, um, put that on a pedestal. But man, this the new flavor is is so good. The voice leading technique that Jay is using on this album is is really compelling. Really allows for them to explore a lot more like memorable kind of like melodic passages. The production really really complements it. Uh, it. It sounds like I'm hearing number it sounds like i'm hearing like sawtooth through like a number 12 or dillinger funnel like mm. hearing hearing those guitar tones which are so like number 12 like again that clean overdrive kind of single coil and the um just like the tightness of the production of the of the, the percussion rather man just it just it really it really uh it really hit all the notes for me i like that man yeah and rich lombardi like I love how he managed to keep it like interesting for himself as a vocalist and as a uh, a lyricist. Not only has his technique not lessened throughout the years, he managed to like put together some lyrics that are still really interesting and not like you know an attempt to like be angry about something or try to like force some some like uh, misanthropy. It was just more about like him living domestic bliss. And mm-hmm, making mm-hmm. making that into a math core record, the, the lyrical subject of a math core record, is no small feat in my opinion. And to make it work within the, that context musically, is uh, was really impressive. Yep, I agree with you. Yeah, just like 
to come back after all that time and still be as good as they were, if not better, is, is astounding, especially given their age. You know, they're not like, they're not in their 20s. So all of them are in their early 40s, I believe, or late 30s. So, yeah, Sawtooth Crane. I love you guys. <laughs> love you guys. Um, okay, uh, my number two, uh, it is going to be a chat pile. Um, God's country. Okay, it's true. I want to wait a flat run with your mind. Been over this already on the podcast enough um just gonna keep it short just it is relentless uh very frustrating depressing and yes christian just like yourself sometimes i skip over parts because it's fucking uh it just it's not that that right time of the day for that ride um uh, ly- lyrically it's amazing um their past releases were already dark but they somehow got darker and more just it just grabs me everything just grabs my heartstrings so uh, shout out to uh, Chad Pyle for not being math core, but making it number two on uh, my list. And those two tracks Otis. they put out uh, in oh. December were good too, or was it November? And they put out a two-track EP as well. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. That was good too. <laughs> Just on that note, Otis. <laughs> that was good too. Yeah, what's up, Otis? I have run out of things on my list, but I just remembered that I spent quite a bit of time listening to the Thought Crime album when when you guys first covered it, however many episodes back. Yeah, that was like three three episodes back. That sat in um, in my rotation for a couple of weeks after that. Um, not a huge, like, like, uh, like we're saying with Black Matter Device, it's not really doing anything that hasn't already been done before and definitely leaning on its pedigree, but I somehow kept <laughs> returning to it. I can't just, just for a portion there. It's like, yeah, this is this speaking is of albums. Life. I felt guilty. Yeah. I, I agree with everything you're saying right there. Speaking of albums, I, I felt guilty about not including in my top for sure. Altered past by thought crimes exceptionally good as you say not doing anything super that Dillinger hasn't already done and uh, perhaps leading a bit on the fact that they've got uh, Billy Reimer drumming for them but fucking A man he he goes fucking gorilla on that shit vocalist kills it too extremely versatile good singing kind of bringing that James uh, Munez and uh, a bit of Greg Pucciato and a bit of uh, Buckley just like all all of my, my favorite kind of vocalists of the genre all together. Just super good. Excellent release. That was probably like my number 13. So my number one album of the year, my favorite album of the year was Sunflower, All These Darlings, and Now Me. The reason I placed this one so high is not only because, I mean, of course I'm going to be bound to really like love something that I, I'm putting out because I'm working with them, but uh, it just, it has some, so much emotional content, especially in that final track that I really, that I just, I kept coming back to it over and over again. It was, it's been a daily listen for me pretty much from the time that I got the three like rough, unmixed and unmastered. I got Crypt Fucker, um, straight to VHS, and uh, the title track all 
initially like back in January I think it was and that that alone sold me on working with this band because they were just all so exceptionally good um, still my favorite tracks on the album too by the way yeah I was gonna say those are like my three favorite tracks right there yeah um, and just incredible music videos Gulab Singh really just fucking killed the music videos for Crypt Fucker and the title track is it's, it's just sublime just to keep coming back to that and the, the fact that the music video is also just like so well edited and put together really just I think sells it and I, I, I feel like they're the they just did not get the press that they deserved this year I'm a little, I'm a little butthurt about it they didn't get more recognition um, so I'm shouting it from the rooftops that Sunflower All These Darlings and Now Me is an exceptional mathcore album and uh, I think it's all in all probably the best mathcore album of the year and that was a really hard decision for me because Dabways and Sawtooth were all jockeying for, for number one Mm-hmm. Um, also Jeff. Also so Jeff. We always have that. Also Jeff. Yeah. And they're they're fucking good live too, man. Like seeing them at Mathcore Index Fest just like really like was vindicating to see, you know, it was vindicating to see them yep. be so good live too. How good, how good a outro, like finishing song, is the title track though. Like, it's incredible. The yeah, end it's like of that like. It's the one. This is what it's kills me is because, you know, I'm stuck here in New Zealand down the other arse end of the globe. And then I'm seeing like videos of when they're out on tour and the supplant so someone's basement and everyone's scrambling over the mic to, to join Jeff in the, uh, you know, the <laughs> sing along parts like you fuckers. It's amazing. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sorry, dude. We got we got some good ones here, but you, you know, you also got some good shit over there. But yeah, it's a uh, U.S. is nice right. for that. Yeah, and just like the lyrical themes too hit close to home for me. Like, yeah, just grief and nostalgia, I think, are probably the two like biggest themes of the album. And they both just like hit really, really close to home for me. Really, really enjoyed it. Levi? Okay, um, I guess uh, my number one, uh, it's going to be Sawtooth Grin. Good. So uh, I guess I took that uh, took the wheel for you, bud. Uh, not going to get much into it. Uh, I really felt uh, I want to put the disclaimer out there. I do feel guilty because it is it might be a little bit of my you know just nostalgia bias going on here, where I just trying to give it love. But no, no, uh, it's truly, that good though. It, it's that good. No, it, it what's so what's so refreshing about this is yes, when you play this, it is fucking sawtooth grin. You can't deny that. But also your ears turned up a little bit like a dog, you know, you're kind of like, what the fuck's going on here? Cause it, it, there is a different sound. Um, and dare I say, it's just a more matured sound on top of that. Lyrically it is overall just a more matured album. It's just, you know, Sawtooth Grin's gotten a little older in no bad way. It's just showing, um, that they have advanced their sound and lyrically it's just a little, little something different, you know, uh, a little less obscure. Uh, I fucking love it, man. So it's an easy number one for me. Most importantly, there's still gas in their tank. Like I'm just fucking uh, juiced yeah. at the prospect of being able to to see them in the next you know, well, year that's what or so. Well, that's what well that's what I'm saying. I mean, you put it on and it's fucking sawtooth. Yeah. I mean, there's no debate. And it's you real know, because it's, they're know? playing gigs now. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's that's I was trying to tell Christian like uh, the Zegama Beach that uh, that ZBR fest like it's like it's like a you go to like a really good restaurant and you open the, the menu and you're like oh there's not much there's not much food on the menu but then you look at everything you're like oh fuck everything's dank on this menu though so that zbr like lineup is pretty fucking solid so shout out dave's you know guys doing something right there Dave's choice yep. dave's choice 
Dave's choice. <laughs> the Dave's. Uh, anyways, uh, huh? The Dave's is. The Dave's is. The Dave's is. Uh, but yeah, Otis, what's uh, you got number one uh, to pull well, out I, your booty or what? As I said before, I ran out of my list. He was, he's reason, out. So I, I, he's honestly, looking at his booty. I, he's like, oh, shit, shit. <laughs> no, I, 2022 was a big kind of watershed look back year for me. I didn't make a lot of music. I didn't check out as much new music as I wanted to. And I spent a lot, I respect that. Spent a lot of time just going back. And I, I have a, a long history of finding bands late and stuff. And so... Um, <laughs> just like Satu exactly like know? that yeah just shit that because I guess when I was younger I was more hyper focused on specific stuff and so what's in the blinders doesn't get taken notice of a lot so when I do discover a, a band that has already has a history it's like oh rad so now I've got all these albums that are now new to me and I can go check out which is cool and so for me Sawtooth was one of definitely one of those bands it's like holy shit um got to go back and unearth um cuddle monster and get under the teeth of that but like like you said good, good is so good it's like and i think i'll just pony like piggyback um levi there and say it's a fantastic album and i'm still listening to it uh regularly and the the tonality for me as a musician the drum sound the guitar sound let alone the material I think when I first listened to it, it's like orgasmic to, it, to listen to. For sure, it's a, it's My, a, it's a winner. When I first heard the first track, uh, it was like a cacophony, and I kind of, you know, having not listened to them specifically, but knowing kind of where they came from, it was I was still kind of taken aback by how confounding musically it is, and then it takes several listens to really uh, peel back some layers and separate things out. But um, fantastic release. Love it. Yeah, man. Agreed. So fucking good. I have nothing more constructive to add to that. Okay. But. <laughs> that's it. I think I think that's us wrapping up our list, boys. So that was our favorite albums of 2022. Mm-hmm. So before we wrap this up, I just want to thank you so much if you made it all the way to the end of this podcast. And uh, if you enjoyed it, do me a solid and please go on... Apple Podcasts and leave us a review, leave us five stars on Spotify. Tell us how much you love us and if you have any questions or comments or concerns or nudes, you can send them to mathcorinex at gmail.com. <laughs> cut that, cut that, wow. cut that, cut that. Rare. And uh, yeah, Otis, thanks so much, man. It's so fucking good to finally have you on the podcast. Otis, again, is in Infinite Hex. And uh, speaking of pedigree, Go listen to his other projects uh, from the past, Ornithologist and Nakanama. You will not be disappointed. They're also very, very good. Otis, is there Word. anything that you would like to uh, to plug since we're, we're here? Yeah, okay, sure. Um, Infinite X is a kind of on a little bit of hiatus. I was saying to Levi before, I'm just so busy with work. But one thing that I got involved with last year was uh, this cousin from down here who's a one-man project, uh, Ian he does his project is death tripper and i filled in on drums with him but he's just fucking kinging it he's clocking it he's he does a it's bunch super of other fucking projects, good but he kind of he reminds me of like the person i was in the mid noughties trying to do a whole bunch of stuff and and kind of like yeah he's and so death trippers kind of i guess you would call it to an extent cyber grind but he draws from 
but lots of different places. There's a bit of hip hop and metalcore, bit of and death grips, yeah, it's, bit it's of noise, bit of fucking death all grips of that for shit. sure. But you know, he's got yeah. Some... Death grips was the first thing that came to mind actually. Yeah. So, <laughs> and he has he has a bunch of stuff out already, mostly EPs and singles. And there's a new EP coming very soon, and it's fucking sick because I've heard it. It's dope. So. Yeah, that's my bad um, for not mentioning that. Yeah, you're in you're in Death Trippa. That's that's sty- Death Tripper stylized as uh, Death Trippa, correct? Correct. It's one word. Um, I'm yeah. just like a plug-in peripheral musician. It's he's a, it's 100 <laughs> percent. You play drums. Yeah. And then uh, Otis, uh, we were talking about you uh, mostly just being an artist this year. Uh, do you have a uh, Instagram or anything you want to pump and shout out? You know, on top of that hustle. Sure. Um, I mean, know, uh, can anybody? Oh, Otis is a fantastic art? artist. Yeah, tell us about your art, Otis. Yep. Yeah. What do you got going on there? Well, I, people want to look at it. I, I generally just do stuff in my group now. It's kind of like super focused and uh, uh, drop a lot of like collectible pins i've got into that kind of scene and that's kind of what's keeping me afloat and keeping me from having to go find a job a a real job quote unquote but um i illustrate everything from kind of sci-fi fantasy sort of stuff to character art to erotic shit i think lately i've been doing a lot of erotic stuff because that's kind of what's um people are vibing in my style so um, it's very yep. heavy metal. It, it's like it's like heavy metal thick girls, you know. I, I, yeah, is I a, love is, the old seventies kind of illustrators, like you know Frazetta and Mobius, and you know. Yeah, Mobius. But uh, do you do you have an Instagram that you do you have an Instagram that you shove things out at a little yeah, bit? Or I had my Instagram hacked. I mean, is there anywhere? Any... <laughs> Uh, this oh, I, this okay. year was a real bad okay. social media year, and I got like banned on Facebook a whole bunch of times, and then I got my Instagram hacked. And I only had like 5k following; I didn't really put too much stock in it. But I just started. Okay. That's appreciable started a though. New one. I have a new Instagram, which is just at OC Portal. Um, so there's some stuff on there, or you can just go on OtisChamberlain.com, which I haven't updated for years, but that's kind of got more of a cross section of what I do. But yeah. Update yeah. that shit, homie. There it is. Portfolio. But Check thanks, out, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's been fun. Yeah, man. This is fun, man. Yeah. This is great. It was great. Yeah, really, really nice having you on. It's uh, for me, it's it's been really enjoyable to bring in on guests the last few episodes, and uh, yeah, this was again, like I said, a long time coming because you're you're the fucking homie, man. So glad to have you. Yep. So I guess that about <laughs> wraps it up for the 92nd episode of Mathcast. I'm your host Christian, and I'm your co-host Levi. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm Otis. Otis. <laughs> yeah, I, wa- I was Otis. Otis. Fucking Otis, dude. Yeah, yeah that was, was Otis. Otis. Yeah, man, you did Otis so well. And uh, we'll be back again in a couple weeks with some more sick underground bands. Good night and stay beautiful. Yeah.